。看来我们只能靠自己了。地球错失了最后一次机会。这座宫殿不是庇护所。Hi everyone, and welcome to Middle Earth, your source for insight into China cultural industry. Listen on to those who are making a living by creating and distributing art or content onto the world's second biggest cultural market. I'm your host Aladdin Fari, founder of China Compass Production. And apart from this podcast, if you need to find a location scouting for your next movie in China or bring your YouTube channel to Chinese platform, you should reach out. As we have last seen on Middle Earth episode 67, a Chinese company are getting better and better at exporting video games to the international market, while listed company like Tencent are buying Western studios. But locally, China makes 25% of the global sales of video game, and the majority of that pie is held by internet giant like Tencent or NetEase. But what about the small and medium companies creating their own games, which are usually called indie games? To talk about this with me today, two guests.、Uh, so first in Beijing, Yu Da. Hello. 大家好啊，我是我是于大进。Hi everyone, this is Yu Da Jin.、Uh, I I work as the creator of Wan Ba Wu Shuang. I started making indie games since 2018. This game was released by 2020 and it sold for 100,000. And、uh, now with this money we earned, we are making a new game. It's gonna be finished in the next two months. 未来两个月内完成。And Zogju,、uh, who is joining us from Shanghai,、uh, who works at at a video game publisher in Shanghai. Hi guys, my name is Zogju, and I am a publishing manager at、uh, a developer slash publisher based in Shanghai. And、uh, my company is kind of like a medium-sized、uh, company in in China's gaming industry, and we have a team of people who do、uh, indie games publishing on mobile. And、uh, PC and consoles. So、uh, I work in one of those teams.、Uh, yeah, and some some of the games that I worked on include、um, Monkage,、uh, Otaku's Adventure, some international games like Evelyn 2 and Farming Simulator 20. And today for the translation. Hi everyone, this is Li Muyuan. I work as a podcast producer. So we will define what is indie game.、Uh, who are the players in the market?、Uh, who are the players playing the game? And what does the future hold? So I think first I would like to know, like, how can we define、uh, indie game?、Uh, like, just can we start with that? So Yuda, your. Developing indie game, maybe you can explain to us what is an indie game. Okay, so in China, how we define indie game is、uh, slightly dif-、uh, different from in the Western countries. There's some difference, like the game called Blade, made by Jonathan Blow, is what we would call an indie game. But in China,、um, games which created by slow teams or indie. People, which means they are less commercial, or it's not like a business mode, is what we would call an indie game. And I suppose we should use the term reduce using the indie game, but to see if this game is expressing the creator's thoughts, but not for making money. 对游戏这个词的一个理解。Well, great. We start this podcast, and we're already saying like、uh, it's not what it is. So, Drew, like,、uh, do you would you mind giving your own definition of indie game,、um, especially with a Chinese point of view, please? So,、uh, I think what、uh, Yuda said 
already make a lot of sense, but as a publishing person, uh, we, we usually just define indie games by um, the size of the team, by the commercial model of the games, and uh, the status of the team. Uh, so if a game is a pay-to-download game, which uh, is also called premium games, then a lot of people would just regard them as indie games. And also, like Yuda said, if your team is really small and independent and not belong to any uh, larger companies like Tencent or NetEase, then people usually view, view your team as an indie team and therefore your, your games and your products are indie games. Uh, I, I think we will move on more like to the size of the team and the business model a little bit later. Uh, just to keep defining what is usually an indie game, like can you guys, the first one we want to answer, please go on. Like what kind of uh, type of games uh, would people would create then? Like what kind of... Uh, experience will the player have in this kind of indie games? Well, uh, from a publishing perspective, we usually do not define games um, based on the kind of experience or the gameplay they offer, but more of a more business kind of perspective, I would say. If your game is a free-to-download game, which includes ads or in-app purchases, such as Loosebox, you know, or gacha systems, then uh, these kind of games even if they provide a really deep or like really unique or creative gameplay, most people would just regard them as a commercial game rather than an indie game. So if your game is like a pay-to-download game, but your, your maybe your gameplay could be kind of like not so creative or like not super like new, uh, but most people would still regard that as an indie game. So um, for us, we usually see the business factors over the actual design or gameplay factors uh, because in my opinion i would have thought that an indie game would be more something yes that is uh, you, you pay for it first you have to pay it's not like a free to play on the internet and then the second thing is that you would have something a little bit more um, either it's like a really specific gameplay or it's like really deep into a story uh, so that it's i don't know it tries to be a little bit more more than just like entertaining and fighting monsters uh So there's a new word I just learned from Liang Qiwei, who is a founder of a, a game company. He mentioned the word "altier." So uh, he he supposed that uh, if a game is indie, means if the creator is trying to express or trying to pass the thought to the gamers. And um, so by this, uh, according to this standard, the game Death Stranding. Uh, created by Hideo Kojima, it's definitely not uh, an indie game. It's a 3A company game, but we would also admire it as an indie game because uh, the expression and the altier in it. Okay, so uh, I think there is a strong sense in indie game that we have like kind of the point of view of an author or like it's like a small creative team that can become big at the end, uh, but that starts with like a, some kind of ID and then they would move on and try to make it as a as a game, basically. So Yuda, you've been through that process. So you created a game that you're selling on Steam actually right now and you're preparing the next game. So could you like share your experience of what it was to start having an ID and then go through the whole process of creating the game and put it all the way to, to sell on an internet platform? 
So at the very beginning, I worked as a, a program at some、uh, game company. We were making a game called Iron Force. Yeah, that was definitely a commercial game, but I didn't like it. Since they pay me a good salary, I was doing it. But since、uh, 2018, I started to use. I I started to spend all of my spare time on doing my own game. It was just a, a pure habit from the beginning, so I didn't I didn't think about the user experience. I just wanted to put my thoughts in it. So all the idea was new and interesting. After two years working on this game, I realized that actually a lot of people like this game, and it became something which has business value. And、uh, I was allowed to sell it. So in March 2020, I quit the, the, my previous job to be a, a full-time creator of this game, Wanba Warriors. Just if I may stop you right there, can you describe to the audience like what kind of game is it? Okay, so Wanba Warriors is a game for two players to online or offline、uh, battle, and it was inspired by Getting Over With It by Bennett Forty. And with this game, the players are supposed to use their right a、uh, left hand to use the controller. And、uh, their right hand to use the skills. There are twenty-eight characters in total in this game. Okay, two last question. I'm sorry. I just want to so that people visualize what we're talking about. What are the character based on? Are they based on Chinese mythology or they are based on Western mythology? Like, what are the characters on and? Yeah, what's like the experience? This game is pretty casual because there's no storyline in it. All the characters are actually created by my imagination or some certain、uh, stories, like Journey to the West or the Water Margin. And there is also one characters is inspired by the、uh, character called Kratos from God of War. But when I talk to my sponsors, they say there might be some copyright problem, so I change it to someone look like、um, Li Kui from Water Margin. Li Kui's image. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Thank you for respecting the IP,、uh, the international standard of IP. Uh, joke aside,、uh, now I'm turning to the to the distributor in the in the chat room.、Um, so Zogju, so we can see that I guess in China there are a lot of people who have a lot of ideas and they want to create games. And I guess you can develop the game in your living room for a few months, a few years. But all now the question is, how do you find an audience, and also how do you get paid for all the hard work that you and your team might have done?、Uh, so in terms of funding, the most common way would be. Publishers approaching indie developers about their games, or indie developers find publisher to pitch to them about their games.、Uh, in China, this often happens both ways. So,、um, because because the the circle of people is pretty small, so pretty much all the publishers know. All the developers in China. And if I missed you right there, can you please define what's a publisher? I would say it's a bit like agencies、um, that release and promote games to multiple platforms. So basically, publishers sign games and then they give developers some some suggestions or ideas on how to improve their games 
based on market feedback or um, the commercial potential and such. And then publishers are responsible for the marketing and promotion of the game, paperwork and logistics of the actual release. Because in China, to release a game, you need a lot of paperwork and there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff that you need to complete before you can release a game. So that's what a publisher do in China. Okay, understood. And um, a team creates a game, they would go to a publisher hoping that the game would be published. But then the question is for the majority of indie games in China, where are they published? Like what kind of platform uh, do you usually use? And then also like, do you have a sense, uh, I guess uh, to have a precise number is difficult, but to have a precise idea of who are playing like Chinese indie game? Is it only people in China or uh, are they like managing to sell uh, indie games to the international audience? I will probably going to add a little bit to what you just said about um, the relationship between publisher and developers, because even though getting funded by publishers is one of the major ways for indie developers to, you know, get enough money for their projects, but a lot of Chinese indie developers also self-publish their games, um, because that's also like a really economic way to get their projects in the, into the market ASAP. I, I don't really have a number of how many people are working with a publisher and how many people are doing that independently, but I can just say that both are very common in the industry. Regarding regarding the platforms that indie games are released, I would say that Chinese indie games mostly release on Steam only. Um, Steam is a PC-only platform that sells games, uh, Yeah, in case anyone doesn't know. Um, but as a matter of fact, I, I would say that the majority of Chinese indie games still find the biggest market in China. Most games would sell over 50% of the games in China. And um, for some of them, um, the scale is even bigger than 50%. Are there some studies or some market research regarding like who are the people playing indie games in China? To be honest, there hasn't been that much of a formal market research because we usually just learn from our own experience as well. The gaming industry, I would say it's divided by numerous niche markets. So there's a market for commercial games and there's a market for anime games and there's a market for games, for example, that's about literally building bridges or even... so. There are games made for made about everything and made about everyone. So it's hard to give a generalized um, summary of people who play in the games. But I would say that overall the number isn't that big in China. I would probably give it a guess that the population is around um, 300,000 to half a million people. And it should be the kind of people who are familiar with um, PC and console games, who follow gaming news. And in terms of gender, uh, probably 60% male and 40% female, even though I would say that's also changing really quickly. Could you please walk us through, like, what are the choice? Uh, and I guess, Yuda, later you can add on, on to that. 
But I feel like the, can you compare like what's the way of putting your game through the local market here in China and what it is to put it on the international platform? And the biggest one, like you mentioned, which is Steam and uh, Steam uh, to for the non-gamers, like to tell you the importance of it, like they are in 2021, there were still like 10,000 games being sold on it and there were 120 million active users. And those are like for PC game. That's not even for the mo for mobile. So yeah, could you please walk us through like what are, when you have your game finished, like what's the difference between put it in the Chinese market and put it on the international one? One of the major challenges of releasing a game in the Chinese market is to get your game a, a license. And most people call it the GAPP license or the ISBN license. So um, basically it's a government approval to get your game legally released in China. So for any Chinese game that wants to release, or Chinese and international games that want to get their games into the mobile market, having a GAPP approval is a must. But applying that license is fairly difficult, uh, pretty much for teams of all sizes. So for indie, developer, for indie de developers, that could be pretty difficult and often hard to achieve without a publisher. But to release their game in the rest of the world, they they can just pretty much um, put it on Steam and just sell the game. The process is a lot easier than what people might think because Steam doesn't really have a strict approval system. So as long as your game meets all the technical standards, it would just go into the market pretty much within a matter of days. So that's why a lot of smaller and um, indie de developers choose to release their game on Steam um, without getting approval. Yeah, and just to give uh, some explanation to the audience, like uh, if I'm not mistaken, like in 2017, there were in China around 10,000 games that were published. And the year after, there were only 2,000. Uh, and since then, like we're more on 1,000 game uh, pu being published in China. And that has to do with the fact that, yeah, now you need like a publishing number and that was not the case before. Uh, Yuda, could you uh, talk to us about like what it was like for you to release your game one by warrior on Steam? Like how was it? Uh, and then how, uh, how did you market it? Uh, was it difficult to find an audience? And do you know who are your players? Back in 2019, I actually worked with one publisher, but back to them, uh, not everyone are playing by the rule, so I actually should have earned more money. Although that corporation actually helped me sell this game for 100,000 times, and uh, there are some, uh, there were some online competitions in the Western countries. I can, I can see that people like it. I don't have that much experience on spreading this game, but uh, we tried to pay some streamers to did some shows about this game online. So if their fans uh, really liked it, they might ha they might do it voluntarily later. So we can we can let. Uh, more people know about this game. According to my publisher in the West, they say they actually uh, try to find some YouTubers who can voluntarily try this game or get paid. Uh, because you said like you sold 100,000 copies, uh, 
in China and abroad, right? And he, he says yes. And uh, yes. with his head. And uh, and I'm just wondering, like, on those 100,000 people, do you have any rough idea? Like, you know, do, do you have any idea of who are they, like, in terms of age and location? And you know uh, what I mean? Like, I don't know exactly how old are my players. But what I know is that over 90% players and the buyers on steamer uh, on steam are uh, from the mainland the Chinese mainland and also because I'm from the Manchuria so this game uh, most of the the texts in it are based on my way of speaking so maybe people from the mainland would understand me better and in the western country there are still 10% of buyers but even uh, with some online competitions going on but still we don't sell that much uh, oh and uh, by the way i want to make a complaint uh, when i'm buying games on steam uh, they don't let a foreign passport holder buy games uh, because i'm located in china so my Ch steam address is in china which makes the game actually less expensive uh, but i cannot pay for games uh, on steam because i don't have a chinese id i would believe so, uh, so if anyone works at steam can right. uh, make a complaint or if you want to buy games for one third of the price you let me know no uh, joke aside um so Drew, do you have any feedback about what we just talked like uh, i don't know Uh, to me, like selling 100,000 copies, like it seems pretty decent, I would think. So do you have any feedback about uh, Yuda experience? Uh, I think what Yuda just said um, is pretty, it's like a standard experience for indie developers uh, to release the game with a publisher because it is indeed publisher's job to take care of the marketing. Um, but as a matter of fact, marketing games marketing games that are very cultural specific can be pretty difficult like outside of China because due to um, localization issues and you know cultural barriers sometimes even if you do invest a lot of resources into the marketing the results might not always be that ideal uh, I would definitely say that it is still easier to find a market in China than outside of China for most Chinese indie developers At the end of the day, like uh, it, maybe you don't have as a Chinese creator to you know be successful internationally. Maybe if you manage to be successful at home, it's already like amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, I would say that it probably depends on the expectations of Chinese developers for their games, because certain games are made for a Chinese audience, um, like um, Cultivation Simulator, which is a game about cultivation. And uh, the game is completely based on Chinese fantasy and it has a ton of like Chinese cultural references that even some Chinese people wouldn't get. Um, and the game has been pretty success successful in China. But for other games, they might be made for a more general audience. Um, for example, there's a game called um, Settlement Survival, which is a um, building simulator as well as a um, kind of like a management, time management, building um, a sim game. And the game doesn't really have that much of a background story and it's not really like related to Chinese culture. So the game um, sold pretty well, like worldwide as well. Uh, but overall, I think that regardless of what the game is like, I would definitely say that 
developers that would definitely like to see their games being popular in in China because uh, I, I guess it, I I would say it's like a uh, a, a pride thing um, because if your if your game are are liked by your fellow Chinese people, then I mean I guess everyone would be happy if that makes sense. Mm, it does, and uh, yeah, again on the question of localization and how to create a game in China for international audience, I really advise you to listen to episode sixty-seven of Middle Earth because we really talked about that, like how Chinese company are making games solely for the international market, but those are not indie games; those are more like uh, you know mobile play, pay-to-win kind of stuff. Moving on a little bit, uh, I just wanted to talk about production value. So Zogju, like when we had our pre-interview like a few weeks ago, you were telling me that the quality of the games actually, of the indie game, has kept on rising for the past five years. Could you explain why? The the reason that um, the quality of Chinese games have been improving, um, I would say that it's because of two things. Well, first of all, the game industry in China has been getting bigger and bigger pretty much by by the day. And um, these kind of companies, even though the ma majority of them still produce commercial games, they do provide the industry a lot of um, talent, a lot of a lot of people with um, professional experience in game development. Um, I would say that Yuda might be an example of this. Uh, so some of these people might want to express their create creativity a little bit more. So with the expertise in their fields, it might be um, easier for them to create higher quality games. Um, and another reason is that, uh, so Chinese players have, have now experienced games of different qualities, different genres, um, different styles from international platforms like Steam. And uh, a lot of a lot of them have like evolved their taste for games, if that makes sense. So the theory is that if you played games that are good, then your standard for games might just get higher. Uh, so in addition to the audience, some some of the people from the audience are also creators, creators of of indie games. So uh, having played and um, learning from more and more games, the quality of their product also gets get get improved from that playing and experiencing process. Well, I think the reason why that uh, five years ago indie games are selling better is because back then people, the players, they think differently. Because back then people would always supporting the made in China games, but now they don't give a damn. So now you can no more sell the, the made in China stuff. And now it all depends on the quality. So it's a bit different for us to sell games. And now it's a bit more different for us to sell games, but actually I would say it's better. Through the few years of changing in this game industry, I can see that now the education of, now the game education industry is developing 
pretty well because I we can see on some website like Billy Billy people who work in this industry are sharing their experiences. So it's actually easier for young. Generations to get into this industry and learn something, so that we have more and more new things. I think that opens up like uh, perfectly for the last part of the of the recording, which is about the the future of indie games. So it seems that both of you are rather like uh, optimistic.、Uh, I'm just wondering, like.、Uh, Me from seeing it from outside,、uh, so I see that、uh, finally, like after nine months, just、uh, at the beginning of April, like finally, like the local regulators have allowed a new batch of games to open because.、Uh, Zogju,、um, as you mentioned at the beginning of this recording, like usually, like to go and be published in China, you need to have the publishing numbers, and those publishing numbers, like they would release them every six months, and the last time it was nine months ago, they finally have released released it,、um, and then also like back then, like I guess some indie creators could like put their game on Steam, but now like Steam as a Chinese version. Which has only a few games, and because on Steam you can release everything you want, but on China Steam you have a much more like local regulation being applied. So all the gory zombie game, anything re- remotely violent, everything is just not there. So I think they don't even have a hundred game, whereas international Steam have over ten thousand of them. But I'm just wondering, like, can you read the tea leaf and tell us like how you think like the indie game industry is going to head、uh, in the future? I'm I'm also still pretty optimistic about the future of Chinese indie games,、uh, because、uh, from a publisher perspective, the 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 market is constantly growing, and、um, but I, I guess that's like every every type of cultural product, I guess like movies, like like TV shows, like like、um, uh, books, etc. But the difference is that. The gaming market is super niche, and there's there's a demand for pretty much everything, even even though the quality might not be so 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 um superior. Um, so I guess that nature of gaming market leaves still a lot of grow, growing opportunities for developers of different sizes and backgrounds. Um, and with the newly restored、um, JPP approval process, I think that indie developers will now probably go back considering releasing their games on more platforms in China.、Um, for example, on mobile, on the mobile market as well.、Um, but There's still some uncertainty regarding the future of the Chinese gaming industry because you you never know how the the policy is going to change in the future. Like last time, when JPP approval stopped, it was pretty much it pretty much happened without notice. So that pretty much caught everyone off guard, I would say.、Uh, so. Uh, the fear would be when the next JPP freeze would happen, but if it doesn't happen again in the future, I'm I'm definitely optimistic. Okay, so I'm not really optimistic because I,、uh, as where I stand, I cannot see the big picture. Actually, I'm I'm always anxious about how to、uh, earn the money back. 
What we can only do is to focus on the developing of this new game. Even the environment is unfriendly so far, but all we can do is just to、uh, to make it good enough.、Uh, for example, there was a news yesterday makes me really anxious because what they say is that without a permit. Or censorship cannot do any live stream on Chinese platform if this game is not censored. We always can see this kind of news,、uh, no matter if it's true. But if it, but if it's true, then it's gonna influence our audiences so much. I have no idea what. The future looks like for my career. As I know, some people in this industry industry are started to give up on domestic mar- markets. They started to do overseas mobile games. So in the future, apart from what I'm doing right now, I might spend some time on developing、uh, our own channels to show people how we de- develop this game and to share our knowledges and experiences. Maybe. This is not a way of earning money, but at least、um, this could be a, a, one of the paths in the future. Okay, I will try to see the glass、uh, half full. Let's say,、uh, just last question. I'm just wondering because we have agreed that at least there is a need in China. I guess in 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 all.、Um, You know, aspect where whether it's TV or movies、uh, or video games,、uh, I guess like people here, they still want like more and more quality. So yes, people cannot watch many Netflix show, but there are so many people watching、uh, Netflix show in the end, and they find a way. And I guess like they still find a way to play good game. So I'm just wondering, like, do you think maybe I'm、um, uh, you know. Uh, being too optimistic on that, or maybe it's too much wish, wishful thinking. But I'm just wondering, to both of you, like, do you think like big giants like Tencent or NetEase, like, do you think at some point because they have a clout at least to create games and to get like publishing numbers, do you think that those giants of video games they will also start creating their own like indie games? Maybe that won't be so indie at all, but at least more something more with more focus on story wise and maybe. You know something more deep than just like、uh, bashing monsters. From my experiences, I was doing something unlikely. Those giants like Tencent or NetEase, they might try something like this, but they're not gonna actually do it because for those giants, big companies, they it's unnecessary for them to change. Actually, we had a conversation with the investing. Department of Tencent.、Uh, they say they wanted to invest in in some indie games, but、uh, it actually didn't work. It might because of the environment, or they actually didn't mean it. The staff from Tencent said why the reason why they wanted to invest in indie games are actually because that ByteDance are doing it as well. So it's actually an in a competition, not because they really want to do indie games. I I overall agree with what Yuda just said. Uh, but the only thing that I disagree is that Tencent. Uh, one studio from Tencent have actually released a couple of pretty good, uh, indie games. Even though technically they're de- definitely not indie, considering that they're part of Tencent. So, uh, the the studio is called Next Studio, and they've released, uh, games like, Unheard, uh, and, 
that's coming, and some of the games sold really, really well on Steam, and I think none of none of them had a government approval. Uh, but I do think that, like Yuda said, it's more for the purpose of probably training their internal talent rather than you know for the sake of making good games. And I do agree that they contribute to the indie game industry by mostly by investing rather than actually making these games by themselves. Well, thank you both of you for uh, sharing all of this uh, insight uh, from uh, the indie game industry here in China. Uh, okay, well, now we're going to move on to the last part of the show, my favorite, the quiz, uh, where we'll see who is the most knowledgeable among our guests. The rules are simple. I will ask you a few questions. If you know the answer, you first buzz in with your name. Each correct answer gives you a point, and the person with the most points obviously will win the quiz. And the winner of the quiz will receive the latest issue of the World of Chinese. Obviously, we will ask the question in Chinese so that it's fair for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Yuda is like so happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy with that. Uh, First question: Can you tell me Steam when China Steam China was launched? Yuda, Yuda, yes, Yuda. Yeah. Uh, I can probably just say it's 2020. Well, okay, well, no, then one point for Yuda because it was launched in February 2021. So uh, one point for Yuda. Second question, can you tell me why the strategy game uh, which happened in space, Dyson Sphere Program, got so successful, apart from being a good game? Yes. Because this outspace uh, culture is popular worldwide, uh, unlike some Chinese story, there's there might be some cultural barriers. So if you're working on some space story uh, game, it's going to be popular. All over the world. Okay, I'm actually not going to give you the point uh, because I don't think that's the answer according to what I've read on forum and specialized article. So, Zogju, do, do you have any your own answer to this question? I, I can just say some random things, right? Like, <laughs> the fact the game is about Dyson, Dyson Sphere program itself is pretty fascinating because it's executed pretty well. I'm not sure then if you would agree uh, with my official answer, me as the quiz master. Uh, from what I read, it was because like one of the reason, of course, apart from the fact that the game is good and it has really good gameplay, uh, but apart from that fact, it was also successful because apparently Chinese players who tried the game at first thought it was really good. They gave it a lot of good reviews and basically pushed the game uh, through the charts of uh, Steam and then the rest of the world pick it up. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I disagree because I kind of did a research on how the game was marketed in the world and I, say, I can say that it's like spontaneously... Even uh, I would probably just say that the rest of the world picked it up quicker than China. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, sorry, it's a really bad question, but glad I, uh, I guess, uh, tell, tell me I'm wrong. Okay, so third question. What's the name of the documentary about indie game in China that can be found on the Steam platform? Yuda. <laughs> so, the name is not Yuda. Duxing. Uh, yes, indeed. It is called Dusing, or uh, Indie Game in China. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I shall declare that Yuda uh, won the game with two points. Congratulations. 
Uh, here is your prize. Congratulations. And thank you, uh, both of you, for coming. And uh, glad to have you until the end, dear listeners. So if you like what we do at the Middle Earth Podcast, you can actually support us. You can share this episode to your friends, recommend us guests, or you can support the World of Chinese magazine that writes amazing articles in this more and more polarized world. So if you want to know more behind the headlines, go to theworldofchinese.com and order your latest copy. As I said, we'll follow up with that series on video game with esports in the near future. And if you are impressed by this show, impeccable quality, uh, you know who to call for any production service here in China. Finding stories, shooting permit, or bring your YouTube channel to Bilibili, we do it all. Today's episode was produced and edited by Aladdin Faré, translated by Li Muyuan, music by Sean Calvo, and distributed by the World of Chinese Podcast Network. Hope to see you next time and stay safe. Bye bye. Okay. Okay, that, I think that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty complete. Don't worry, don't worry. It's pretty good, and, and don't worry for the editing. Uh, I will make you sound more uh, intelligible uh, <laughs> than you are. Don't worry about it. This is our job here at the Middle Earth Podcast. I will rely on that. <laughs> Looks like our listener are still doing their dishes. Yeah, all very committed to their workout. Yeah, for sure. So, since you're still here, if you want to learn more about Chinese society, culture, history, and language. You should go to theworldofchinese.com or find us on WeChat, and you'll find an amazing array of award-winning, in-depth, original reporting on China and amazing videos and podcasts too. All right. Well, until the next issue, then.